2: Hey y'all, welcome back to Mountain Murders Offbeat. I'm Heather. And I'm Dylan.
1: How's it going today?
2: Oh man, it's hot as hell out there.
1: It's it's getting hot in here? In here?
2: Um, no, it's hot outside. Yeah? Yeah, you ever you ever wanted to have an um, extra large helping of baked Dylan? No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that sounds really sweaty and gross.
2: It is salty, but you know, some will say it's a gourmet salt. Man,
1: I... Have you ever been so hot before that there were like random parts of your body that were sweating that you weren't even aware they could sweat? Like the back of your knees? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's what happened when we were in New Orleans.
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was a special kind of <laughs> that's hot. It's not
1: a good time of year to visit. And I believe when we went to Lynchburg, Virginia last summer, it was so hot that like my knees were sweating, as were my ankles. So you know, weird.
2: When I was a kid, you know, I'd get all dirty playing outside and stuff, but I end up with what they call granny beads. You ever had that? What's
1: a granny bead?
2: It's where the it's where the dirt's like in a line on the creases of your neck and stuff because 'cause you're sweating like hell.
1: They call it granny beads?
2: I've heard it called that. Okay. Yeah.
1: Sounds kinky.
2: Well, let me find out. I've been running around talking, I got granny beads.
1: Zizi Top says she wants a pearl necklace, but I think what she really wants some granny beads.
2: You know, I'm just going <laughs> to act like I called it the right thing and everything was wholesome and innocent, and I'm not going to Google granny beads.
1: Ooh, I bet there is a great urban dictionary out there for granny beads.
2: Nope, we're going to stick it. Stick with a little fat boy who sweated and played all day in the dirt. That's what granny beads are.
1: Well, you're still a little fat boy who sweated and played all day in the dirt.
2: Well, I had some granny beads earlier today.
1: You did? (laughs) Yeah. You look plum tuckered out, as they say around here, Dylan. Well, you know what they say, fencing ain't easy. It's not? Nope. Well, when you say fencing, people think you're selling stolen merch.
2: Oh, I thought you thought, you know, it's like I'm fencing with the sword.
1: Some people think that as well. Some people think that you're like in a little white outfit, dancing around, all choreographed with your sword.
2: Well, there's some fencing aficionados out there like, hur, hur, hur. they know nothing of fencing. How, <laughs>
1: how dare you? <laughs> you dirty son of a bitch. You know uh, nothing.
2: No, it's just putting up fences.
1: Just putting up fences? Yep, that's, that's about right. That's about country.
2: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Our um, customers, um, insane neighbors, started fighting today. You right were telling me this
1: story, and yeah. it was pretty funny. Maybe you should share it with our listeners.
2: Uh, yeah, so they, they started arguing about some, The dude wanted to go with her, but she didn't want him to go because she's like, oh, I'm going to run some errands, come back and get you. But it's totally, you could tell she's trying to ditch him. Like she's moving all fast with the car seats and shit. Of course, there's two poor little kids tied up in this. And um, so she's totally trying to ditch dude. He's not having it. The kids are running out. Well, the kids are getting in the car and like, honking the horn and locking the doors and shit while they're arguing And, um, yeah, and then they just started screaming. I thought they were going to, like, start physically fighting in the middle of the front yard in this nice, quiet
1: neighborhood. Ooh, I love trashy drama. And I can say this because right now I'm wearing a T-shirt. It has a possum drinking a beer and smoking, and it says trashy. Yeah. Because I love trash, and I'm trashy.
2: Well, I'm a little bit trashy.
1: So I love a good trashy story.
2: I'm recycled trash. Now, didn't
1: you tell me that like a neighbor from down the way came over and then she started fighting with them as well?
2: Yeah, some girl from down the road walked up there and she's trying to dip out with her and the girl who lives next door. And it's obviously they got some kind of plan together. It's, I'm speculating on all this, but well, they're trying to ditch dude and head out. He's not having it. And then somehow... The man and woman arguing with each other. The couple. The couple end up arguing with the girl from down the road. So both of them have a common enemy now. So they've doubled back and they're both giving her shit. And so she walks out of the driveway back into the street and is like, I'll just call DSS on y'all.
1: Can you imagine what kind of fun dopehead couple we would be?
2: I think you'd be scary If we
1: both had like this killer meth addiction, like our neighbor, because like, we have neighbors that do this kind of thing, right? And they're all hopped up and they get out and fight in the street and like <laughs> everybody's like, what the fuck? It's like the one house.
2: It's always the one house. Th- and it's a-
1: like the burbs. It's like the one weird house. like everybody else is normal doing yard work and like playing with their dogs and their kids. And then there's like the one house. Only they're not like weird murderers. They're just like weird junkies (laughs) who fight all the time. (laughs) And
2: and so her saying, I'll call DSS was like, oh my God, I can't believe she said that. You know what I'm saying? And then now they're chasing her down the street basically like, I can't believe you said you'd call DSS. And she
1: was pregnant, right?
2: Yes. And this chick's pregnant. So for one, I'm like, why are you up here with these people? Because I hope you're not trying to get high because you're pregnant as fuck. And two, uh, I'm like, oh, so that was the line for you guys, not the almost coming to physical blows in front of your children. That didn't that didn't slow you down a bit. But her saying that she'd call DSS, which somebody should. <laughs> this
1: is such a great tragic story, <laughs> and I feel really bad for these kids. Maybe someone needs to call DSS.
2: Somebody should call DSS. I might report them to D. You know, uh, well, let me take that back because we know DSS ain't going to do shit.
1: Well, it is a joke agency. So there's that. And if we have folks out there who work in social services, I apologize, but our local agency is a joke.
2: Yeah, I'm a, the social workers do good every single day.
1: Just not in Haywood County, North Carolina. Touch lives,
2: change people's <laughs> lives, help people, but um, our local agency needs some help let's just say that
1: okay dylan well thank you for sharing your wonderful story with us it's great it's trashy it's like everything i love about a good scene a good scene unfolding i'm very glad you shared it with
2: us oh this was an all-out scene i wish we could get a camera crew and some waivers signed and and get this thing on the books because i want to make a show
1: Well, just to let everyone know, we are now officially with Radio Free Asheville. Go to RadioFreeAsheville.com. You can stream Mountain Murders podcast along with tons of other local Asheville-based podcasts. If you're looking for some good listening material, some good content, check out Radio Free Asheville. We are also now part of the Podbreed Network. We join the small Uh, do-it-yourself network of podcasts there are 30 of us independent podcasters part of the network some great shows um surviving the system the whimsical sexperts there's like relationship advice comedy more true crime and uh yeah there's a lot there's also a horror movie podcast dylan Ooh, yeah i'm excited about that
2: We tried to do that, but I wasn't as good at movie analyzing movies as you are.
1: (laughs) Well, we are going to follow up with this week's true crime case, the Shenandoah murders with an offbeat that kind of accompanies that a little bit. We're going to talk about how to hike, Dylan.
2: Oh, and uh, one more thing I meant to say is that will not change where we're available at. So wherever you want to listen to us, These are not exclusive deals, obviously. It's just us being part of independent
1: networks. It's true. You can still find us on all platforms. Like I said, Dylan, today's Offbeat is going to be all about how to hike like a boss. Are you excited?
2: I'm sure I don't know any of these safety tips because I'm just kind of a... You know, like a bull in a china shop. You know, I don't do a lot of planning. Yeah, I li- you don't I- say. <laughs> I live life on the, the razor's edge. And he just
1: flies by the seat of his pants. I
2: do. And I can roll with the punches.
1: And sometimes those pants have a big split up the ass crack, and he don't care. He just lets it all hang out.
2: That's not true.
1: So you have those black jeans that you wear to work. And I'm like, are you going to get sent to HR for sexually harassing people?
2: You know, okay, so I have a When you're
1: wearing your slutty black Ass crack pants, and then you will put on (laughs) your your shiny red boxers with it.
2: Oh my god, I'm like, what a little tart! I think I did flash the chemical guy because he come in, he's just like, Oh, like, you know, do you need to be alone? He came into my little room, like, no,
1: I my balls out jeans, I'm just airing them out,
2: yeah. And so, I have a pair of work pants, I'm down to two pairs, and the one pair, the entire crotch. Oh,
1: see, now you're making them feel guilty. See, this is what happens when we don't have many patrons.
2: That's not true. We
1: need more patrons so Dylan can get work pants.
2: We always need more patrons because you're going to find a plethora of ad-free and bonus content over there.
1: Look how pitiful it is. It only has two pairs of work pants.
2: So anyway, this crotch is blown out of this one pair so bad, it looks like I went and cut a diamond out of it. It's full on blown out. This is such
1: a dude move.
2: But you know what? They still work.
1: I've been begging you for like months, please go buy yourself some workwear. And, and he's still wearing the damn crotchless <laughs> pants to work.
2: Well, I think I'm ladies, a ladies.
1: Do you have this problem <laughs> with your mans?
2: After the last time, I do think I gave it. but you know, hey, he didn't see nothing but boxes, right? Or red. Boxes. You're
1: doing like that Sharon Stone basic instinct move. Always. You were flashing him.
2: Except I'm trying to do it. They're not tricking me. Oh,
1: Lord. Okay. So
2: I'll go get pants.
1: Please get pants.
2: All right. So let's move on with hiker safety. Because this is actually, I was kidding around about kind of being fly by my you know, seat of my pants.
1: Your assless pants.
2: But you need to be careful when you go hiking, even on a minor day trip where you think you might be gone, you know, on the trail for 30 or 45 minutes. Because it does not take a lot. To end up in a bad situation on the trail.
1: Well, we probably, and I say we meaning me and you, we, like, we probably take hiking for granted because we do live here in the mountains and it's just something that we've grown up doing. I mean, I've been out on trail since I could remember, right? So it's just like second nature to me to go out on a hiking trail and just kind of know what to do. But we have a lot of listeners, not only across the U.S., but we have listeners all over the world that may not have access to like the mountains to be able to go hike. And it's something that they want to do. I thought it would be a good idea to compile some hiking safety and preparedness because right now it's summer and I know folks are going to be out and about. So when you set out on the trail, whether you're a seasoned hiker or a newbie, you will feel better knowing you made preparations with the right gear and tips to keep safe. While it's natural for us to want to just jump in the car on a whim and go, it is not always the best choice.
2: Yeah, I'm sure that there's been time, plenty of times, more times than not, that I didn't have even the basic gear with me. And if any little thing happened or I lost track of time or ended up down a trail in the dark... You'd be in big
1: trouble. Dude, I went on a hike one time, just kind of willy nilly, like didn't plan it, was one of those Dylan moves where I'm just flying by the seat of my ass crack pants. I was uh, doing an internship, happened to bump into my buddy. Now we are kind of in an outdoor wilderness type of setting. And he's like, Oh, yeah, I'm going to go hiking up here on this trail. And I was like, Oh, that sounds fun. I'll go. And just took off, didn't take water, or anything. Got myself into like a five mile hike. No water, the heat of the fucking day. It was bad. Oh, no. Yeah. I was so stupid. So even, you know, some of us who've been out there do dumb things, but maybe this will help you. So before you go on a hike, you want to plan your route. You should always have an idea of where you're going and when you expect to return. You should tell a friend, a family member, um, when you plan to come back. Looking at guidebooks and maps, and there's also some apps out there like All Trails that can be helpful too, but having a good idea of which route you'll be taking can assist you when choosing emergency exit points along the trail and places where you might be able to refill water. It is also good to note more than one water spot in case there is dry weather because you get out there thinking I'm going to catch some water right here. (laughs) Nope, it's dried up.
2: Well, yeah, a lot of that water, uh, a lot of the times comes from springs or, you know, and, and if it's been real dry, the water table could have changed, you know, right? And, and springs open up somewhere else and dry up somewhere else. So that makes sense.
1: When planning your hike, it is essential to ask yourself a few questions, Dylan, like how much time do you have? A few hours or do you have a full day? And don't forget to factor in the time it takes to arrive at the trailhead. Honestly, assess your fitness level. If you're not in great shape, that's okay. Hiking is for everybody. You just got to make sure that you're following an easy to moderate trail if you haven't moved off the couch in a year like me.
2: Well, yeah, because, you know, some of those trails get really rough very quickly.
1: They can be very steep. The incline um, can take off very quickly, and you can find yourself traversing some pretty... Uh, dangerous terrain if you're not familiar.
2: Yeah. Every time I go hiking, I don't have proper footwear. I do need to get some proper boots. First thing I see is like a mucky spot that I have to walk across. And now my damn tennis shoes are wet. Squishy. And my damn socks is wet.
1: And I'm pissed. So you need a trail squeegee is what you're saying. I just got, just need some boots. Well, we're going to get into that here in a minute, Dylan. So keep in mind distance and how comfortable you might be. So just starting out, I'd stick to a mile or like a mile and a half. You want to keep in mind logistics too. Like it does your hike start and end at the same place because you might need a car to pick you up if the trail ends at a different location.
2: I don't believe I've ever been on a trail like that. Really? Have you? Yeah. Okay.
1: When you're hiking with a group, you're only as fast as your slowest person, so keep that in mind. A good rule of thumb is that every 1,000 feet of elevation you gain, you'll add roughly an extra hour of hiking time. People should also plan hikes according to their fitness level, as I mentioned. If you've never hiked, you might not want to tackle a strenuous 10-mile trail in one day.
2: Oh, no. No. No, because not like you're just I can walk around town all day, bud. You know what I mean? We go walks all around here. It's fairly flat hills, but you can typically avoid the hill if you don't even want to go on the hill. And I could do that for an hours.
1: That's because you hours live in town. Hours.
2: I know. They're sidewalks. <laughs> but out there on the trail it's a whole different ball game.
1: Checking the weather is another important step in planning your hike. The weather at the base of the mountain might be way different than the weather you encounter midway up the mountain, and especially once you hit the pinnacle. So rain gear is a good investment, and a light poncho can be packed very easily Even if the weather is not calling for rain, it's often a good idea to pack a rain poncho anyway. Wet clothes can cause hypothermia, even with temperatures in the 50s. So stuff like synthetic clothing that dries quickly, along with wool socks and good shoes is important. If you're going to carry a pack, a great idea is to fill your backpack with a few essentials. You should have a first aid kit. You should have a GPS or a compass. But only if you know how to read a compass
2: well yeah you just find out where north is <laughs> right
1: well you can you
2: know what else wet clothes causes chafing
1: chafing chafing yeah and
2: I'm not even trying to be funny here this is everyone can get chafed you know skinny fat whatever we just do it at different 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 intervals all
1: bodies can chafe as well all you're bodies saying?
2: can chafe and I'm not even being funny you can get gauded, as they call it around here galded yeah. You never heard that from you, you around your crotch area where your underwear are and such, or you could be going, but you can get it so intensely, so quickly that it makes it almost, it makes it hard to walk.
1: My undercarriage.
2: Yeah. I'm not even, I'm not even trying to be funny right now. Okay. Yeah. This is serious hiker safety tips.
1: Awesome. Can I get back to what I was saying before you derailed us with your genital conversation? Well, I
2: just thought it was relevant.
1: Okay, well, a compass, but you want to make sure you know how to read a compass because a compass isn't going to do you good if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You need some sunscreen, always, sunglasses, a hat, a light jacket, like I said, a set of raincoat of some kind, poncho. If your light jacket happens to double as a raincoat, even better. You want extra layers in case of weather changes, a flashlight or a headlamp. I recommend a he- headlamp. I think those are very uh, convenient matches or a lighter, even some kind of fire starter.
2: Yeah, like one of those forever sticks or whatever,
1: some type of nutrition, maybe a granola bar, whatever, and some means for water. You never want to go hiking without water and you need water purification tablets or like one of those little pumps, the little handheld pumps. Um, in your pack it's always a good idea it's never a bad idea to carry one of those folded space blankets in your gear either i would pack a whistle especially if you feel vulnerable on the trail a whistle can also help you if you get lost
2: uh so um i've always was surprised at this until i looked into it just a little bit that you can't just drink the water even in a beautiful place like we're surrounded by in a a, a, a county, we're a
1: headwater. County. We're
2: a headwater county. So that what does, what does that mean? That means no water flows into our county; it all flows out of the county.
1: So we get the pure, pristine, great water. Yeah. So but you I still mean, gotta clean it's, it.
2: It's about as clean as it's going to get in America. Honestly, it's beautiful. It's clean. It looks crisp and clear. But you still can't just drink the water.
1: No. Because
2: you have the, even though it's America, you know, we're in America and you might think that only happens in like a third world country or something like that. That's not true.
1: Parasites.
2: So you can get trail, what are they? What are they trail worms or something? Yeah,
1: all sorts of crazy things. And
2: it can just tear your stomach up and make your life a living hell, You can right? get
1: what's it called H. pylori. Ooh. it's a really bad um, illness that people can get from drinking bad water. I don't know. Proper footwear is important. As you mentioned, Dylan, you need a new pair of hiking boots.
2: Yes, I do. Or but some
1: day hikers or something.
2: Not just the boots. The socks, I think, are almost as important as the boot.
1: Well, a lot of people wear boots that offer good support for your ankles because rolling an ankle on a rocky terrain is a lot easier than you might think.
2: Yeah, and that's a, that's a type of injury that can take you out, take, make you immobile. Because a lot of these trails, even the most moderate trail, you'd have a hell of a time trying to hop up it on one foot.
1: Also, you want to prevent blisters. If you buy hiking boots, wear them a little around the house to break them in before you take them on the trail. You want to avoid cotton socks. They retain moisture and can cause your feet to blister easily. Your best bet is to wear synthetic socks or wool or, I can't say it, wool socks. And if you do get blisters, that first aid kit that I mentioned before will come in very handy because you want to make sure in your first aid kit you have some supplies that can handle blisters.
2: What you gonna do? Bandage them up?
1: Yeah. That'll help. Get you some a spawn.
2: You can't pop that blister till the sun goes down. You ever heard that one?
1: And for God's sakes, folks, you gotta stay on the trail. I cannot stress this enough.
2: I mean you may be surprised how quickly you can get lost in the deep woods. Well, it is
1: paramount that you stay on the trail. It is easy to get turned around when, when you're in the woods or on a hiking trail. In places like the Smokies where we live, vegetation can be thick and signs can disappear quickly. If you do get lost off trail, it can make a rescue much more complicated. Um, social trails are what they're called, and they're sometimes created by hikers going off trail. So you might be on the the regular big trail, if you will, and see like this little path going off into the woods. Those are called social trails, and that is those hikers going off trail. This isn't a good idea. It can destroy habitats. It can cause erosion and trample vegetation. Plus, it's a danger to other hikers who think it's a real trail. Yeah. They the, go down, they get lost.
2: Yeah, there's so many. That uh, was a good point. You're actually, you're just visiting a a live ecosystem. Everything's important. That's when people stack rocks or move logs, things like that. Don't do any of that. No. You're just there to visit, have a, have a pretty day.
1: We have to think of our salamander population. Yeah. All the little creatures.
2: Yeah, you shouldn't be messing with any rocks in the rivers or, you know, turning anything over or just breaking branches off for the hell of it. You shouldn't do any of that.
1: Leave no trace. That's right. Leave no trace. Every year, it seems, we hear about three or four hikers throughout the season that go missing and the search and rescue teams are deployed and it ends up being like a huge deal and some of the searchers end up putting their lives at risk to find these missing hikers it's true so it's just a really good idea to stay on the trail i would also suggest going on a small hike before you take a big trip especially if you're new to hiking The second half of a trip can be when accidents like slips, trips, falls can happen. Your energy level starts petering out and you might be more focused on like getting back to your car. So you want to take your time and move with care.
2: That's very good advice.
1: And especially if your hike was like up a mountain and then you're coming down. You know, of course, going downhill, it's a little faster, seems a little easier. But that's when you can trip, fall into, you know, some... Little ravine, you can get your foot caught up in some tree branches, uh, the roots along the trail, I mean,
2: well, and this just a situation like that is a, this is a time for um no hanky panky, no horse play. You need to be a little bit serious, right? You might have a buddy who's going to run real fast down the you know steep part of the trail back down or something. but what you always have to bear in mind is you are a long ways away from help.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Even if someone's right there to get you right now and, and take you towards a hospital or civilization, it could take, who knows, it could take hours to get there. Even by the road, who, who knows how far out you are. So, I mean, yeah, you can have fun, you can get around, but um, you just got to be careful and always be aware that you're a long ways from helping hospital.
1: It's really important as well, Dylan, to brush up on pests like deer ticks and poison ivy before hitting the trail, especially if you don't know what they look like. Because some people have never seen poison ivy or poison sumac, and they get out on a trail, and they're fucking around, and next thing you know, they're ed up. Uh-uh. Yeah.
2: I ain't never seen it. Some
1: people some people ain't never seen it, Dylan. I ain't
2: never seen it? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Wow.
1: And some people may not be familiar with ticks.
2: Shit. I don't have so many ticks on me, girl. You ever had one bit into you?
1: No, I've never had a tick, thankfully. You're a
2: damn lie.
1: No, I've never had a tick. Really? Yeah, it's strange. As much time as I've spent outdoors, I've never had a tick.
2: I had one that actually, you know, a lot of times you, you catch them. You know, when they get on your arms and stuff like that, or your legs, you'll catch them before they get anywhere. But they're just looking to get somewhere that's kind of calm on your body and bite in. And uh, I had one right on the back of my neck, and he was latched in. And so what you got to do is you got to make sure you get that head out of there when you pinch them off. So a lot of people will touch a match or something to yeah. the tick. kind of makes them back out. You leave that head in there, even if they're not infected with, uh, what is it?
1: Lyme disease. Lyme
2: disease and all that.
1: Rocky Mountain spotted fever and that's something else people get.
2: It can still make you just be get infected. Yeah. Yeah, and so I pinched him off or her. Who knows what tick it was?
1: You're not going to assume. I'm the not going to assume
2: the tick's gender. Okay. And uh, but there was a hump, like a bump. It felt like a bump on the back of my neck for like a year from the tick. So, but I got its head out. Well, I'm just saying.
1: But you don't know. You've left some other random body part.
2: Maybe as what?
1: What is wrong with you?
2: Maybe the tick had a watch. Oh my gosh!
1: On. You have like a tick brain disease.
2: Nah. Whoa. Damn. That explains a lot.
1: That explains a lot. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Holy shit. Like, well, why unfortunately, you're
1: forgetful. Maybe.
2: With our local healthcare system, they'll never fucking figure it out. they'll be like that's just gonna be another copay so to go to the foot doctor what you gotta do is you gotta come down to your regular doctor right you go in there and say my foot's a hurting he's gonna say well I ain't no foot doctor but that's going. On. I'm gonna charge you copay, but I'm gonna refer you to the foot doctor. So then you go to the foot. What the fuck? And
1: then the foot doctor is gonna be like, "Well, you know, we you... don't, we don't really work with your insurance, so we're gonna need you to pay up front, and then you can get reimbursed from your insurance company." So I hope that you have a good thirty five hundred dollars today.
2: Yeah, and by the way, you need to see a specialist, but you can't go straight to the specialist. I've got to make, dude. Really, <laughs> this is the fucking system we're fighting for.
1: By the way, it's a podiatrist if you need a foot doctor.
2: It's a damn foot doctor.
1: Also, another question a lot of people have is how did Dylan become this? I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. It's
2: a damn tick. I know what happened.
1: How to use the bathroom on the trails. It's not like your bodily functions just stop because you outside.
2: And, um... Do you have any tips?
1: Well, you're not the first person to poop or pee in the woods. If you have to pee, find a place about 70 steps off the trail. Some women shake dry and others carry small wads of teepee in a Ziploc baggie.
2: Damn, that's a long way off the trail, dude. But of
1: course, you'll want to pack your baggie for carry out. So like once you're done, you'll want to put your teepee back in the baggie, zip it, and take it back out with you.
2: So you can't just bury the teepee?
1: It's, I mean, you can, but you're not supposed to, but it's just probably better if you don't.
2: I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm not hiking out of here with this dookie paper. Well,
1: okay. If you do got to do number two off trail again, maybe about 70 steps away, make sure you're at least 200 feet away from water. You dig a hole, and yes, you can buy little tiny shovels for this purpose, and you do your business, and then you cover it up, and some people will bury their teepee in the hole. Others will pack it out in a Ziploc bag. Again, it is better for the environment, even though Dylan over here freaking out about his own dookie.
2: <laughs> well, see, I'm, I'll am i fuck around forget the dookie bag in the car, right? Like, i to get home and I don't get all my hiking gear out, and then I forget the dookie bag's in there. And then I'm just like, why is these random, why is this random toilet paper in this bag? Like I'd forget. Like two weeks later, I'm like, what was I eating chocolate pudding? And like I unzip it and smell, and it's like two week old dookie paper. that has been in the car baking, bro. So this for my own protection.
1: This is a Dylan' problem. This is not a like everybody else' <laughs>
2: for problem. my own protection. I'm just gotta bear, I gotta leave it out there with the dookie.
1: Well, that's because you're goofy as hell. Not everybody goofy as hell, Dylan
2: can't remember shit.
1: Do your part, of course, by leaving the trail better than you found it. Always good. And trail etiquette is important. So hikers going uphill have the right-of-way. Mountain bikers are supposed to yield for hikers. However, it can be easier for hikers to just move since they are um, moving to slower speed. Those mountain bikers, especially if they're going downhill, are probably zipping by you. Not as easy to slam on the brakes and come to a stop.
2: No, you just gotta do whatever's easiest at the moment for, you know, whoever either or.
1: And horses get the right of way. <laughs> what was that for?
2: You know why? Why? Because man that horse poo everywhere. Look, I love I love horses. I love everybody that lo- the people that love horses. But man, I'm just trying to walk up this trail. next thing you know, there's freaking 30 feet of damn horse manure. Oh, yeah. Baking in the sun. Hmm. Damn. Hey, maybe they should get a little manure shovel and fling that stuff off in the leaves off the side of the trail. Shouldn't that be horse etiquette? <sighs> wait, wait, wait. Whoa. I gotta walk 70 steps off the trail to take a poo, but the horse is dropping like five gallon buckets of dew. Just right in the middle of it.
1: Well, here you go, Dylan. You wear your work pants, right? The ones that are assless. The,
2: they're, they're crotchless. They're and, not assless. And,
1: the, I can see your ass in those pants. Can, can you? Yeah.
2: I'm going to wear them to bed. It's, Nothing but my pants. Uh,
1: I hope you know you're sleeping alone tonight, So you could just wear your assless pants and you're hiking and you just poop as you walk, Dylan, like a horse. Okay. I have a funny story about that. Actually, if I
2: can do that, then I'm gonna leave the horse. I'm gonna let the horses live.
1: I gotta tell you the story. This has been like a hundred years ago. No, not that long, but it's been a long time ago. You like got a, a
2: walking, pooping story
1: over a decade. I briefly worked in insurance, but it was not for me. You know, I'm not cut out for like corporate America. Okay, I work at I'm working this insurance job. And there's this old man who would come in and he would pay his insurance. And every time he would come in, all the other agents would be like, oh, no, not him.
2: Stinky Hank.
1: They told me the story about him that he would always wear overalls and I guess no underwear. And that he would just like walk around and like would shit while he was walking around the office. That like little pellets of poop would just fall out of the bottom of his pants in the floor and he would just keep walking like nothing. Like he was a fucking horse on a trail.
2: Well, you know And they would have
1: to clean it up. So they were just always like, no, not him. Because they were like, oh, we have to do a sweep of the office to make sure he didn't like take a shit in the floor.
2: Well, uh, there might have been something wrong with that, man. So I'm not going to make fun of him.
1: Well, maybe, but I I don't want to be cleaning that up.
2: I don't know if he's competent enough to be coming in and paying bills. Right Then he's like he's living his life,
1: look, I'm just trying to be the per- personal lines assistant and like help out with some claims. <laughs> I ain't trying to do all that, okay.
2: I'm not sweeping the office for poop pellets,
1: yeah, another reason why I refuse to work at Corporate America, Dylan because I'm not cleaning up other people's shit.
2: You look over. there's like some tracker, some old school trail trailsman, like a tracker. He's like he's checking out the scat from the old man. He's like, I think his name was Bob. I think he went that way. Lord. Yeah, that's it. Cause his tracking skills is on point.
1: Okay. Well, if you would like to wrap up the show, Dylan, I have a few disturbing hiking and camping stories that I thought we could talk about before we end the show.
2: Okay, so if, if someone listens to this up to this point and what is your biggest piece of advice for from what what we went over here in the safety thing, I got something to say. If you're going to do a big, big hike, you need to go more than one time, man. If you live anywhere near trails, you don't have to go to a trail. You can go to a green space and and like really get some long walks into the point where like you're kind of over it. You don't want to walk anymore, but then push yourself a little further. Is that good advice? Sure. Okay. You got some advice? My
1: best advice is don't forget water. Yes. Please take a water.
2: Water is very important.
1: A water bottle, take two water bottles, whatever. Just make sure you've got some water. That would be my number one.
2: And make sure you, uh, if it is wild water caught in the streams out there, you need to clean it. It needs to be purified. Did you know you can last longer without food than you can sleep? Yeah. Dude, like 10 days in, if you've not slept, you're, I mean, I could only imagine going that long. I've been up a couple of days in a row, crazy work shifts and stuff like that. But um, 10 days in, you're like, you're going to literally die. Literally? Literally.
1: (laughs) Thanks. Would you like to talk about some of these creepy hiking stories?
2: Uh, That's why I'm here.
1: Okay. Let's get into it because some of these are really chilling. I've spent various stretches of time backpacking and camping throughout the U.S. and have seen some strange things. My brother and I came across an abandoned trailer town of sorts that scared the hell out of us. We also came across a rundown town, really, really small, out in New Mexico that seemed to have one person living in it. We based that on the fact that there was still some food and supplies that were fairly fresh, perhaps just a couple of days old. We spent a few days there trying to find the person just to find out why they were staying in this town, but we never found a person. We found the skeletal remains of an unknown number of deer ranging from bucks to fawn ensnared in a barbed wire fence that encompassed a 10 by 10 area of the Ozarks. A few of the skulls topped the fence posts and there was one post in the middle of this area that had decaying deer bodies, looked to be two, but there were only six hooves jutting out of the wreckage wrapped around it. We found a dummy hanging from a tree on the Yukon territory of Canada, literally out in the middle of the woods. No reason for it, as far as we know. We also came across a dead junkie on a road out of Olympia. Obvious O.D. as he had his arm tied and a needle in hand. Eyes were glazed over and staring straight ahead. Mouth slightly ajar. Wow. And these stories come to us via the Thought Catalog website.
2: Man, that person's hocked all over the country and continent.
1: Some of these are really creepy and good. Took my young children to a cave not far from the house. Popular spot, but we had the place to ourselves. You can walk through it in about 30 minutes without too much difficulty. It has a tiny exit at the opposite end. It was pretty muddy, so we decided to turn around and head back to the entrance. Halfway back, there was a lit candle sitting about eight feet up one side it was definitely not there on the first trip i went into full-on protective dad mode knowing there was likely someone hiding in the dark while we walked the rest of the way out
2: wow that's pretty damn creepy it's like somebody just did that to let you know they're there you know what i'm saying
1: I was backpacking in New Hampshire and camped out for the night after a day hike. I wandered off from our fire to go take a piss and stumbled upon a circle etched into the ground with tuning forks surrounding the circle, standing up straight. It looked like a creepy ritual circle, and it bugged me out, so I booked it back to the group.
2: Yeah, I'm not messing with any kind of uh, strange, and I like the strange and the macabre. For the most part.
1: You yourself are strange and unusual.
2: But if I come across something and and it's typically going to be somebody just messing, you know, messing around. I think your odds of actually coming upon the uh, the remnants of an actual, you know, whatever you want to call it, satanic, blah, 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 whatever. Typically, all those are fake anyway. Yeah, I'm
1: really disappointed. I keep waiting for someone to invite me to be part of their, like, satanic cult. It never happens. I never see anyone dressed in, like, black capes out dancing naked in the moonlight under their capes, except for myself.
2: And she's looked.
1: Yeah. I just, I want to know, like, when I can be part of this.
2: Yeah, but if I seen any of that, I would be very unnerved.
1: You would? Wouldn't I Wouldn't know. No, I would be like, hello. Why was I not invited? Mm. hashtag party crasher
2: i don't know heather i think if we just happen upon this some weird creepy location we might be you might be unnerved you maybe so yeah maybe depending on the um, atmosphere i maybe. think
1: if i came upon this creepy location uh, they would be unnerved but i'm
2: <laughs>
1: get it if i came upon okay anyway.
2: you're locked in here with me you son of a bitch
1: you ready for another story? Yeah. I was backpacking in Yellowstone above the tree line at about 10,000 feet. We were hiking on a ridge above a lake when all of a sudden we came across a horse skull. No body, just the skull. Pretty cool looking. We get to our campsite not too far away from the lake near where we found the horse skull. When we climb down to the lake, we find the body of the horse rotting on the edge of the lake, With negative film strips floating in the water and laying around the shore near the body.
2: What the hell? (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to guess that a horse... I've never seen it. A horse skull is probably pretty gnarly. I would think so. I would say I put it right up there with like a big full-on horned goat skull. Probably pretty awesome to look at. But my first thought would be where's the rest of this fucking horse at, right? Okay. Because that's not a small thing, a horse head.
1: Right. I saw The Godfather.
2: Now, it would take, even if an animal was, you know, responsible for its head being not where the body's at, it'd take a good-sized animal to move that horse head when it when it's fully fleshed and full of brain. But a horse's brain is big as hell.
1: I, I think your head is about the size of a horse head. you got a big-ass head.
2: If you ever come upon my body and my head is somewhere else...
1: You know that like four people had to carry that fucking head away from your body.
2: They likely had one of those U-Haul dollies and stuff. Yeah, they had to. Had some equipment and some straps. A wheelbarrow? Yeah. Something. It's a wheelbarrow. Barrow. Well, that's what it's supposed to be. A
1: wheelbarrow?
2: round here it is. A wheelbarrow. Get the wheelbarrow.
1: Okay.
2: Wheelbarrow. Here we go.
1: Another story. Over the years, when I've told this story, many people didn't believe me, but it's true as the sky is blue. Me and my brother were hiking out in our new backwoods. We'd just moved into a new house, and we stumbled upon a small open grass field. In the center of it, there was a person with a blue jacket crouched over. We thought he was a friend of ours that we'd recently met, so I ran out to meet him. I didn't have my glasses on, but I got a pretty... A good close enough view to see that it was a grown man leaning over a deer carcass, stabbing it with an unsharpened stick. He looked up and saw me. I was pretty freaked out, so I turned around and yelled at my brother to run, and we started to sprint as fast as we could back home.
2: <laughs> so he's literally poking it with a stick?
1: Yeah, some of these like are funny because they sound like, like listener stories.
2: An unsharpened stick. That's funny.
1: Oh, man. Let's see. I once found the diary of a homeless person. In it, he wrote over and over again about how his third grade teacher was the only person to matter to him. The guy's bad writing made it even weirder. I found the homeless person's things in a secluded den in a park, which looked like he's been there for a while. He left his bag there and some empty cans. I left the journal as it would have been wrong to take something that wasn't mine. But there's no way I wanted to meet this person based off the writing.
2: Well, that's sad. Is it? Yeah, well yeah, just to be sitting alone and, and you're homeless and writing over and over how your third grade teacher was the only person that ever mattered to you or meant something to you. You don't think that's sad at all?
1: No, because I don't have anyone who means anything to me. <laughs> well,
2: that's not true. It is true. It is sad. I, I can see that it made you sad.
1: Your big head makes me sad.
2: Well, that's okay.
1: Because I can't buy you wigs. They would just get snatched.
2: Oh, you know, I, I did actually get a wig for 25 cents the other day. It was a small pot price to pay.
1: I worked in the outdoor field and led trips regularly. I once led a trip to the top of Mount Stringer in North Carolina. It's a tough climb to get to the top. It's about six miles from the nearest road. I was leading a group of eight middle school kids and had one co-instructor. We were camping out on top of the mountain, and it was a beautiful night with a full moon. The kids and the other instructor went to bed in their tents. I chose to spend the night in a hammock instead. I was really into a book I was reading, so I stayed up and read till about 10:30 p.m. I turned my headlamp off to settle in for the night. Everything around me was rather bright from the moon, and from the position I was in, I could see down the trail we had hiked to get to the top. I laid there enjoying the scenery and noticed something moving on the trail. Bears were common in the area, so I perked up. As it got closer, I could tell it was a person. We were in the middle of nowhere and there was someone hiking up the trail with no headlamp or any gear. I was just frozen watching this person move closer to our camp. They arrived at the top of the mountain where we were and just stopped. I watched as what appeared to be a man surveyed our camp. I really could only see the outline of him. He stood there for what seemed like 30 minutes, but may have been 10. He then turned, sat down under a tree facing our camp. He was sitting up in a way that I knew he wasn't trying to sleep. He just sat there staring at our camp. I had no idea what to do. I decided to wait it out. I waited, just staring, at the man while he stared at our camp. This went on till about 3.30 a.m. Then he stood up, took a moment to survey my camp a few minutes longer, and then went back down the trail that he had come up on. I, to this day, have no idea what that was about, but it freaked me out. I was paranoid that we were being followed for the rest of our trip.
2: Well, how could you not be? I mean, that's weird.
1: Pretty crazy. Jeez. Wow, here's one that is scary. My friends and I found a 22-year-old girl face down in the mud, both legs broken with compound fractures. She had no cell phone, no water, no food, and nothing to keep her warm. Her friend was dead.
2: Jeez, Louise. a little
1: backstory: My two friends and I were hiking in a pretty popular spot in our area. It's a 150-foot waterfall that takes about 45 minutes of hiking uphill, you know, to get to it. We decided to go bouldering around the bottom of the waterfall. There are Various little pools and boulders where the water runs off from the waterfall. This bouldering trail is not on the main trail and not many hikers ever veer off the main trail. When we found her, obviously we called 911 and gave her any supplies we had. Eventually, a helicopter showed up and flew her to the nearest hospital. Turns out she was hiking with her friend the night before when they both fell off the waterfall. Please stay off the waterfalls. Her friend must have gone to get help, but unfortunately died less than 100 yards from where we found the girl. So no one knew she was hurt or that she was even there. It's a miracle she was still alive and mind-blowing to think that she had gone through all of this when we found her 20 hours later. Before we found the hiker, we were climbing rocks in the area and taking pictures. We didn't know the poor girl was in the background of these photos, and they've actually posted a picture, and they're like, Look to the right side of the frame in the background, and you can totally see her, like, down below.
2: Is she waving?
1: No. Or
2: is she just, like, at this point with pain and everything else about passed out?
1: Yeah, she's just, like, all pitiful looking.
2: Oh, my God. Well, I I got to say, one of the most dangerous things you can do on the trails and in these beautiful areas, especially if you're not familiar with them, and this goes for anybody, Familiar with it or not? Stay on the trail. Don't go cross country or off trail hiking. Good way to get in trouble. And stay off the fucking waterfalls. It is a slick moss everywhere, water everywhere, sharp rocks everywhere. It is such a dumb thing to think it's cool to go climb and then go across a waterfall. We see it all the time.
1: Every year, there are like several waterfall deaths, people falling to their deaths, or they fall and they're seriously injured, like literally break every bone in their body kind of thing. Yep. Every time we are out and about and I see typically young people, and I'm not trying to say it's all young people because I've seen some grown-ass people up there too, but anytime I see young people, the mama in me is like, you need to get off that waterfall right now.
2: Yeah, and you'll see these kids start to, to scale up one side of it. 10, 20, 30 feet, and you know what? They're going to go up there, and they're going to try to go out there in the fall. Like, this is such a dumb idea, and the parents are just standing around
1: watching them do it. While someone's down below like, I'm waiting. I'm going to get a good picture. This will be great on Instagram, and I'm like, yeah, your head cracked open will be wonderful. Everyone will love to see that. I hope you hashtag it. No brains.
2: Don't do it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah it really bothers me i just it makes me cringe because i know like how dangerous that is i can't just please stay off the waterfalls
2: yeah there's no reason to be in the water you can go to the foot of the waterfall where it hits the water play around down there all you want but you also have to need to be careful there because a lot of times there's a strange undertow have you ever experienced this
1: i know what you're talking about there's
2: a strange under or like an undercurrent where the water rolls down into the water and then hits rocks and you can never tell what it does down there. I actually know one waterfall in our area, it actually drags you back up under a big rock under the waterfall. Really? Yes.
1: Yeah, that's scary.
2: Yeah, so, you I mean, you could jump in there. You could even jump there and be like, I'm going to be safe and play at the bottom. And you still got to know that it's water. Water's dangerous.
1: It's going to suck you up.
2: It's going to suck you in a bad way.
1: Oh, gosh.
2: <laughs> Suck you down. Well,
1: Dylan, this has been our Mountain Murders Offbeat, How to Hike Like a Boss.
2: Yeah, and um, if you are thinking about getting out there, trying to trail for the first time, and obviously if you go all the time, you know way more than we do, I uh, hope you have fun, and I hope you stay safe.
1: Yeah, so we'll be back on Sunday with a fantastic true crime story for you. In the meantime, you can shoot us an email at...
2: Mountain Podcast at gmail.com.
1: You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Actually made our first tiktok video in probably like six months and posted it today we're gonna start doing more videos to accompany the cases that we discuss for social media
2: yes we are
1: yeah so we've been saying we were gonna do that and we just never have but we're getting our shit together dylan it is a new year it's 2021
2: we're six really we're like six months into this year
1: Yeah, I know. I'm just now getting to where I can write it (laughs) when I do like the date and not write 2020. (laughs) Oh, so that that,
2: that makes it real for (laughs) you? Yeah, so
1: now it's like a real, it's new. Now
2: it's real. Yep. Like by September, she has that shit down cold.
1: How do you know my fiscal year didn't just end? Maybe I'm on a new fiscal year.
2: Oh, you're a a faceless corporation now? Yep. Yeah.
1: I'm soulless, so that works, right?
2: How about your fiscal year ends when my fiscal year ends, bitch?
1: Don't you talk about my fissure. Okay. (laughs) oh my gosh it's time to peace out
2: all right bye